Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Wave Break Podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. Listen, in uncertain times, you need to be supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers. It's going to be appreciated. It's going to be remembered. It's going to be shared. And in good times and bad, this type of communication that's open and empathetic with your customers is key. This is a key theme that we've been talking about at Waybreak. I've been preaching this on the podcast. And when you're communicating with your customers in this way, the best way to do this is with email. It is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering communication like this. And what I love about Klaviyo is that email is one of its core offerings. And their personalization that you can do inside Klaviyo is just, it can't be beat. And when you leverage that personalization driven by a 360 degree view of the customer, these emails are going to feel more relevant and they're going to drive even stronger relationships. And Klaviyo gets it. They're not just, you know, some company. They understand how challenging it is right now for every entrepreneur. You know, it was hard to get your business off the ground and navigating these times is even harder. And if you're feeling overwhelmed with growing your business, know that you're not alone. Klaviyo is here to help you build relationships across any distance for your brand and create memorable and meaningful email marketing moments that last a lifetime. And that's how you build a successful e-commerce brand. And this is why I love Klaviyo so much, because they're on the same page with me and Wavebreak. is like, we're not just about making more revenue. That's great. But what this is really about is an opportunity to create an amazing community with your customers. And the best way to do it is with email. And if you're not on Klaviyo, you got to get on Klaviyo. Visit klaviyo.com to schedule a free trial. That's K-L-A-V-I. IYO.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Waybreak Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly. If you're new here, the Waybreak Podcast, we're the number one podcast for brands who who, who want to scale and they want to dominate for the rest of the year. They want to build a brand that lasts. Uh, we've done a lot of great interviews with really cool companies, PopSockets, Vanity Planet. I mean, companies who've grown insanely fast with products that aren't super, I mean, products that are really easily <laughs> easy to replicate. And that's something we're going to be talking about a little bit later today is like how to build a brand that lasts. And then also we're going to be talking about just like Q4 prep. So today I'm really excited for this episode because this is the first time First time I'm peeling back the curtain, peeling back the layers of the onion and revealing the people who are behind the scenes at Wave Break. So I know everybody listens to this podcast, they hear me, you know, I talk about my team, but I've never actually had anybody from my team on the podcast because we've been so busy generating millions of dollars in email and SMS revenue for our clients. But today I'm super stoked because we have Aliana Bargawi on the show, lead strategist at Wave Break. I mean, you, if you recognize the name, you might recognize her voice in a bit. She's a previous podcast host. Fun fact, I actually tried to be on the podcast and got denied. Um, <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned. I know, right? Thanks I so know. much for coming on the show, Aliana. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that's that was crazy. It's a, such a small world. And uh, here I am now working with Wavebreak. And it's been a, it's been a ride and it's been great. Um, so thanks for having me today. Uh, really excited to talk about everything um, that we're going to be talking about today. But first of all, let's dive right into Black Friday, Cyber Monday prep. So we're recording this in August, and I don't know when this is going to be posted. We're it's probably going to be posted in August, I think. In August. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so what's coming up? Like, what should, like, I mean, obviously, we should have started thinking about Black Friday. Like, if I'm a brand, I should have started thinking about Black Friday, like, a month and a half ago, maybe even sooner. Oh, um, yeah. Probably, yeah, I was going to say. I oh, mean, a I year don't, ago? I don't, I don't want to be an alarmist. Like, we don't want anyone to freak out and be like, oh, my God, it's too late. But um, the time to be working on any holiday is all year round. Uh, you know, it's 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 such a huge mis- misconception that you know we're just gonna leave it, let it, you know, let it go, and then a, a month before, or like we've seen sometimes people literally a week before go, okay, what are we doing for Black Friday Cyber Monday? And that's not how- <laughs> or the night before. Oh shoot, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> we better send out an email tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. Not so, us though. Not us with our clients. I mean, no. we've been prepping, like you said, like we've been prepping for Black Friday 2020 since 2019. 2019. We we prep literally for those of you listening, you're not going to believe this, but we literally have like the deadlines for every component of every task a year in advance. So we know when the copy is going to be finished for which month, for which campaign, a year, the year before, like not a year before, but like at the beginning of the year, we know it for the whole entire year. Um, so we like to, you know, plan everything. But for for listeners who may not be working with us, um, you know, what you want to do is if you're not going to be working with us, what you want to do is you want to create your own content calendar and make sure that you have everything laid out from, I would say, from Halloween all the way to the end of the year. And yeah. And even this year, pre-Halloween, because there's um, early October, we've got Prime Day now. Prime Day, October, October 5th, I believe. Prime Day. Um, so quick disclaimer about everything that we're going to say about the holidays. It's optional, believe it or not. Like, I know that a lot of people feel like just because there's a holiday, they have to do it. But that's not necessarily the case. You don't have to do um, any of the holidays. You don't have to do all of them all at once. You know, you can pick and choose what works for your brand and what works for you. But you need to have a calendar uh, months in advance. So you you, you want to have everything planned out, like, yeah, end of September all the way to end of the year um, and even shortly after because most people will be going on holidays and you want your email, emails to continue sending while you're away if you're going to be away with family and stuff like that so that's the first thing is to plan early i want to give the advice that is not very sexy and nobody wants to hear this because everybody's like oh that's boring you want to talk about all the awesome cool stuff but um the boring stuff is where the money is like um, you want to make sure that all of your most important flows are taken care of and your bases are covered covered because you want to protect your downside. What we've seen is when businesses aren't doing as well as they should, yes, sometimes, and a lot of times it's because they're missing out on some advanced stuff, but a lot of times also because they're missing out on some really important aspect of the basic stuff, the stuff that nobody wants to talk about because it's really basic, right? Quote, unquote, basic, like, hey, you got to have a really solid abandoned cart flow. You have to have a solid welcome series. You have to have a solid post purchase. You have to have a solid win back flow. Like you want to take care of all these things before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, because you don't want to have all that traffic come in and then not be able to nurture those, those that come into your website, right? Those that you captured. So that's also really important. Right. Or other- worse, like you have these set up and they're not set up right and they're missing out on people. I mean, that's something we see all the time. All the time. Exactly. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Like literally it's not about uh, having the things, but like going back to those things that are like I said, now boring because, oh, yeah, we've done them a long time ago already. Like we're looking for something more advanced. Yes, yeah, sure. But are you sure that you have your bases covered properly? Like 
like you said, there's so many times that, you know, we go into, uh, you know, an abandoned card for someone who thought they had it set up for a long time and they didn't realize that there was this one small detail that was not set properly and that's costing them thousands every week, you know? So it's, right. uh, and like black yeah. Friday, it's even bigger. I mean, it's, it's like, even bigger. like you can have a million on the table in abandoned cards, like as a smaller brand oh, yeah. and like, you know, you get up there, I mean, you're talking millions of dollars that's sitting in carts that hasn't been redeemed. So if you're, if your abandoned cart flow isn't triggering properly, it's not set up properly, or it's not converting as high as it should be. I mean, that's millions, millions of dollars in potential revenue for the majority of brands listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, we we have brands that you know we're losing millions of dollars literally in abandoned carts when they came to us. They're like, hey, you know, we've, we're losing millions in abandoned carts over the course of weeks and months. So let's, yeah. It's really, really important to look at those bases and, and make sure that they're um, that, that they're covered. And also look at your website and your product pages. I know this may like we talk to people who are really advanced in their business. Like we know that they know what they're doing, but uh, a lot of times because of how much they've expanded it and they've grown, it becomes really easy to miss this the small things that are hidden in plain sight. So I feel like it's really important to remind of, of those things that really make or break a business. And then you also want to look at what like what you've done last year and the year before that, and, and it depends on how long you've been in business and see what worked and what didn't. It's crazy in the number of people who, you know, run Black Friday, Cyber Monday or holiday deals, but then they never really stop to like examine that and go, okay, what worked and what didn't, you know, you d please for the love of everything that is holy to you, do not go looking at your competitors and everybody else and copy them. That's the worst idea ever. Nothing good. Oh my goodness. And it's all blind copying too. It's, it's like, all oh, blind copying. look, I, I can give you a million reasons why. First of all, you don't know if it's really working. It's very possible, but they could be copying somebody else without knowing why. Second, if it's working, you don't know why it's working. There are so many variables that come into play. You don't know why it works for them. It may not work for you. Third, even if it works for you, if everybody starts doing it, it's no longer going to be effective. And finally, the fourth reason, like we, as if we needed more reasons, the, the more you look at what other people are doing, especially in the same industry or like e-commerce or I mean, in, in your industry, whatever uh, industry you're selling in, the more you look at other people and copy their ideas, the more you have like these inbred ideas. Like you're not coming up with anything new or better or improved because you're just everybody is regurgitating the same stuff over and over and over and over. And it loses its effectiveness and it, do, it just it doesn't work. And there's nothing wrong with copying, like by all means, go ahead and copy, but try to like copy people that are in completely different fields. Like, let's say you're in business, go get some inspiration from, I don't know, from science or from, from philosophy or from art or from something that's so wildly different than, you know, the field you're in so that you can at least have a fresh perspective on things and then make it your own. But please don't look at the, the other guy's or gals in the same industry and try to do something similar just because everybody else is doing it. That's like a recipe for just blending in and, you know, it doesn't right. work. Especially if you're bootstrapped too. Like a lot of our clients are like bootstrap brands, you know, they're doing a lot of revenue, but like every dollar is so important. And like, you really don't like, you know, the creative might look good. Like, oh man, their ads look so great. You know, I think a good example is like Casper, right? Like all their stuff looks super polished. It's like, okay, cool. Let's copy Casper. Well, Casper's losing $349 per mattress at the time of its IPO. 
So maybe don't copy them. <laughs> like maybe yeah. their stuff looks too good because there's it's not actually driving revenue. And that's the thing. Like we don't know the metrics. Like somebody, like a lot of these companies could be losing money. And it's just like what you see on the surface isn't actually how it's performing. I mean, sometimes it's like the ugliest emails, the ugliest websites are performing the best. And that's why it's like you, you really should only be competing against yourself and not just like trying to copy what everyone else is doing. And I love how you said like copy – like, I feel like so many people are looking for brand new ideas and like, oh, what's this like new cool trend or like, what's this new cool tactic? But I think tactics are so broken. Yeah. And like, honestly, just go back and read the sales and marketing books from the last 100 years Thank and you'll you. realize how far away we've gotten from just like customer psychology. And I think that's why the stuff we do at Waybreak works so well because, you know, our competitors will copy and paste templates and they might have a hundred of them and that's great. Um, but people don't buy through templates. Like, I really don't like the um, the whole click funnel-y thing that's been going on too, where it's like, oh, you got to like, like I think of like, you know, like Russell Brunson's great. He talks really fast, just like me. I like him. I respect him. <laughs> but like, it's like you get these models and you get so stuck in the model that's like, okay, I have to add like $2,000 worth of bonuses to the product. But like, maybe people don't care about bonuses and they don't want to buy like that. Like we, we get trapped in sales and marketing tactics that we stop thinking about why and how people actually buy which is really where the money's made and why our banner cards perform like two to three X the industry average because we're reverse engineering why and how people buy instead of being like, oh, what's the best timing? What's the best tactic? What's the best template that worked on X brand when Y brand might be different? And I think that's like, I mean, it's just a huge differentiator if you can just become a really good marketer and like really think about psychology. Like that's what you need to be studying, not, you know, adding new ads to your swipe file. Like that's great, but it can only go so far. It's not going to double and triple your business. I have so much to say. I wish, I mean, I wish and I don't wish people could see me because like as you're speaking, I'm like jumping literally in my seat. I'm so excited. I have so many things to say about this. I could talk about it till next week, but for the sake of keeping this podcast short, I love it. I love what you just said. And the one thing I want to touch on, first of all, is, you know, when you said like, consumer psychology and people want to need to go back to what worked, um, what's been working consistently tried and true for like the last 50 years, hundred years, 200 years, you could learn everything you need to learn about building a kick-ass brand from the Amish. If you just look at the way they run their businesses, they don't do any of the quote unquote. Wait, are you talking about horse and buggy feet? Like the horse and buggy? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm going to explain in a second. You don't have okay. to go live. You don't have to go live that kind of lifestyle. You don't have the to move to Lancaster? They win. <laughs> That's right down the road where I grew up. Probably not for me, but I have a ton of respect for the way they do their business. They work in their communities. It's like a salt. Think about if you were, I don't know, like let's say you go back in time, all of a sudden you're like, 500 years ago, going into a new village, you're trying to build a business, how would you do it? Well, obviously, you want to make sure that you're bringing something that people actually need or want, or you better have an explanation. Like the desire has to already exist in there. You're not trying to fabricate desire. It's already there. And then you create an awesome product, the best quality. You're not trying to be a fly-by-night operation. You're playing the long game because you know you're going to be there for a while. And, you know, if your reputation is ruined, it's going to be really hard to build it again. You're just focusing on having a great product, great customer service. And then the relationship with you as a person is what differentiates you and then even if there is competition per se it's not it's not hostile they've looked at the numbers and these people and these communities and 95 percent of the businesses actually last more than five years after they started even in really bad economic times compared to how everybody else is doing 
they're doing really well. And that's because they understand that business is not about being the biggest shark or like biting other people or cutting corners or being scheming or cunning or anything like that. I'm not saying that's what, you know, most businesses are, but that's the idea that like you have to be shrewd and you have to be nasty and you have to be a jerk. And that's not how it works. Not at all. It's all, it's all about having empathy and actually understanding why you're, why does your customer want to buy? Why would they buy from you? And like we talked about this a while back also, the importance of ensuring that your brand is has something to stand for. And I know that's something that has been talked about for many years now. Oh, you have to like have a why and all of that. But I don't mean just that. I mean, you have to make a stand, have opinions about things at the cost of, you're going to offend some people and that's okay. You cannot afford to be a please everyone, you know, vanilla brand anymore. You can't afford to be politically correct. You can't afford to avoid talking about important issues. You're going to have to have an opinion about stuff, even the stuff that's not related to, um, you know, your industry, even the stuff that's not related to your product, you know, but you have to have opinions and you have to be, you know, you have to own your, you know, your opinions. You have to be okay with the consequences of having them. And that's really, really hard. And the reason why people going back to the issue of copying and stuff, the reason why people copy each other is because it's not because some people are more creative than others. That's a huge myth. Everybody is creative. Every single person is creative. The problem is a lot of people don't have confidence in their ability to come up with good ideas. They don't have, they don't have confidence in their ability to make solid decisions. So they go for reassurance. They go to the competitor or they go to other brands because they're like, well, surely if somebody else is doing it, that it's not too crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like all the Enneagram threes right now are like shaking in their boots, um, <laughs> which is like, I mean, so many entrepreneurs, if you guys don't know what like Enneagram type is, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but it's Enneagram. like the, the numbers, Enneagram, Enneagram, I think it's Enneagram. Yeah. So it's like most entrepreneurs are like threes and eights. Like the three is like the person, it's like, it's so many entrepreneurs. It's like really rare in society, but like so many people are them. And it's like basically like somebody who like really cares how they're perceived. Like they're, they they really want to be successful, but at the same time they want to be really liked. And this is why it's like you get in the spot where it's like you, you don't check customer support because you know, people are ripping on you. <laughs> like people are, I mean, like people are idiots sometimes. And like, those are always the people who fill out customer support, but like it sucks. And like, it's so much work to be an entrepreneur and then like to have people hate you. Uh, <laughs> but like, I mean, it's just like the only thing that's going to stand the test of time. And like, this is why it's so important. Like drop shipping's dead because like, it just, it, it doesn't work because you're not taking a stand. It's very vanilla. Um, and what do we mean when we say take a stand? It just means like you really have to, you have to build a brand because the brand is the only thing that's going to survive. Like you really have to start thinking not how do I build the next XYZ e-commerce company, but how do I build the next, uh, the next brand, right? The next Nike, the next Adidas. Like Nike doesn't care what the channel of tomorrow is. They don't yeah. care if it's mobile. They don't care if it's retail. Uh, because they just go, they literally go wherever the money is because Nike's Nike. And I think Nike's a great example, like one of the biggest examples of someone who takes a stand. Like their marketing can be like really controversial and polarizing, you know, like them backing um, Colin, Ka Colin Kaepernick when, you know, like he, he got dropped by the NFL, like in like all this stuff and like no team wants him. And then Nike like runs this big ad with him, right? Like that's, I mean, this is a huge company with a lot on the line and they, and, and they take a stand like that. Like that's, 
that's freaking huge. That's how it works. Yeah. If your if your opinion is not controversial, you probably I mean you you can share it, but why share it? If it's not controversial, it means everybody seems to agree on it. Let's move on to something else. The reason why we discuss things is because there are two or more different perspectives and we're trying to get to better understanding, not necessarily agreeing on things, but like better understanding of the different sides of perspective, right? So that's okay to have controversy, but people shy away from it. Like I see different um, the ends of the spectrum. There's people who are really afraid of it and there's people who overdo it. I used to be one of the who will overdo it, you know, and I've worked in the past few years on that side of myself of not being as confrontational as I used to be, uh, but it's just in me and my DNA. But uh, some people are completely afraid of saying what's on their minds or like, they really want to be liked. And that's the quickest way to not being liked because people can read through through you if you're trying to be liked as a brand, if you're trying to be, um, you know, the goody goody brand that everybody loves so much that like always says the right thing and has the, the right opinions and it's so nice and stuff. Like people can see right through that. People aren't stupid. You know, and it's not a fun way to live because then you have to put a face on like you have to say, okay, who am I being now? And like people do this. This is a deeper problem in our society, too, actually, where it's like you have to put a face on like it's like, okay, who am I now? uh, (laughs) You know, with my family. Okay, who am I with this group of friends? Who am I with that group of friends? Who am I at work? Who am I in church? Who am I all the stuff? And it's like instead of just like being yourself, it's like everybody. I I mean, this is a deeper problem in our society. It's like everybody's just like lying to be liked uh, instead of like just being themselves and that's the worst feeling ever i mean i i even, <laughs> I even used to be like that. i'm a recovering three um <laughs> we and, gotta link to the enneagram uh test somewhere for yeah people. we have to link to it what are you aliana what's your enneagram type i'm a uh, pick five five wing five w six okay five I, I gotta look up the definition again but i think it's uh, I don't know, he's like a scientist or something like that, or an investigator or something. The troubleshooter. The troubleshooter. Oh, troubleshooter. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect as a strategist. I like to look at things. Yeah. You know what's funny? My uh, my MBTI type is <laughs> INTJ, which is literally it's called the strategist and the architect. Sometimes they call it. That's oh wow! Funny. Perfect. Yeah. So I used perfect. to be an INTJ until I realized I was just shy and uh, <laughs> <laughs> just needed to step in. So, no, but like. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, sorry. I was going to say that, like, I really love the point that you just made about, um, you know, people acting different in different ways in different situations or scenarios. I'm going to come out and say it, even though it's a little offensive, but that's really lack of integrity with yourself first. Like, you have to reconcile. I understand you ha- you're going to have to be different facets and different scenarios. Obviously, who you are with, uh, you know, in an intimate situation or with somebody that you know personally may not be the same as, uh, hopefully not, as the person that you're showing up in public or in business. But you have to be able to reconcile all of these roles. They're not identities. They're roles that you're playing. And you have to reconcile them. The identity is something that's completely different. has nothing to do with the job title or what business you own or you know, your relationships or whatnot. But now we're going right. to go into philosophical discussion. So let's go back to e-commerce. <laughs> no, I think it's good because like, I mean, what we're not saying is like, oh, you're not, you don't have to take a political stance, right? Like that's not what this is about, but it's about like, I mean, your brand just being you, like, and just you being able to be yourself. Because I think so often it's like we get, we end up chasing growth. We end up chasing like these like vanity metrics of success. Like, oh, I want to be at an eight figure run rate. I want to be, you know, Inc. 5000 XYZ. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then you hit that goal. And then like as an entrepreneur and as a, as a marketer and a high achiever, it's like you set, you set the new target and all that stuff. But like, wouldn't it just be nice to like wake up and be like, oh, cool. I can just be myself. 
that's the best feeling. And that's what we're talking about. It's not like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be political. Yeah. Like, it's just like build something that's true to you. Yes. And um, that's that's what we need because we're in a world of brands. And that's what's so cool about direct consumer is it has personality. But we can't get it to the point where, you know, you're Kleenex and it's just like, you know, it's big billion dollar company. Like, I mean, even Kleenex, though, they have personality or yeah. puffs. One Charm of them with the commercial. The Charm and the Toilet Paper, they have really good tweets. Yeah. They have good yeah, opinions. That's what you need. And that's really who you're competing with. Like you're going to start competing more with these bigger brands because they're brands like the little guys, like competition is increasing. Think about how easy it is to launch a Shopify store nowadays. Like there's literally a million of them and Shopify's churn on like the smaller plans is like super high. It's like, mm -hmm. I think it's like 70, 80% or something, or maybe even more every year, but they still have like over a million stores like at all times. Um, so that's like the barrier to entry. So like, what's the differentiator, the strongest thing that you can do that nobody else can because anybody can run Facebook ads. It's not like back in the day. Same with like sourcing and manufacturing. Like it used to just be like, you know, you had to be big enough. Like you literally had to go to China to like figure everything out and like know people and like speak Chinese and like all yeah. this stuff. Now literally anybody, like you could be like 15 in your bedroom and you could start, you know, you'd sell knockoff AirPods like some kids <laughs> did in like Switzerland. And then like you make millions of dollars and then I don't, I don't know what ended up happening with them, but I remember they were in the news. But yeah, like that's the thing like, I think these brands too, it's like, you want to be so big, but at the same time, it's like, you need, you need to leverage where you're at now because the big brands wish they were smaller and they could have the palate and you need the flavor. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There are three things that can help someone differentiate. If you know, you're trying to start uh, a brand or you already have a brand, but you want to differentiate, you really want to kill competition. You don't want anybody coming near you. Uh, there are three things and, and they're all really difficult and that's what makes them effective. You have to do the difficult thing. I think a lot of people are looking into what's the easiest way that I can differentiate myself. Don't do that because if it's easy, then somebody else can come in. All it takes is one person with a little bit more of that to, you know, get you out of the game. But if you um, if you have invested a lot of time or a lot of effort or you have some like amazing technology that's really hard to replicate, like the more difficult it is or the more money it's going to take to compete with you or the more time it's going to take to build what you've built and the more knowledge and technology it's going to take to to get to your level the more you're going to you know the more you're going to push away potential uh competitors or people that are trying to come in and and um, compete with you or create the same product and call it a day uh, because if you're point of competition is, well, I have a lot of money to spend on Facebook ads. All it takes is one person with more money to spend on Facebook ads to get you out. So, right. You know, and now would, retailers who are coming in with hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they have your entire annual Facebook yeah. ads budget that they yeah. can deploy in a month and they're yeah. all getting ready to launch and they're all starting to launch now. So Facebook. Facebook's going to get expensive. Facebook is, is very expensive now. I mean, I remember advertising on Facebook, like what's 20, 2020. 13, a little after, a little later, I don't know, like it was like early to mid, um, you know, 2000, I mean, 2010s. And it was yeah. like up to was, 2016 was like the golden age of Facebook. Gold. Oh my God. Yes. You could create like a, a page and then you could advertise for like, I don't know, like ridiculously low amount. We're talking about peanuts, like 10 bucks yeah. or less than a hundred bucks a day. And you could, you could actually build a solid business. Yeah. Um, I remember it's like you throw your first ad up to cold traffic. I did this with like phone cases and I got like a 4X ROAS in the first day. I'm like, <laughs> this is terrible. I was like, I spent this much money to only make four times my money. Um, and then it's like now it's like anyone listening to podcasts like 4X ROAS yes. on a phone case. That's freaking insane. Yeah. Different time. So, 
<laughs> time, and this is the danger of like all the quote unquote gurus that come by and they're like, oh, this worked for me and I've done it a couple times. So if you do it too, if you follow my quote unquote blueprint, you're going to get the results. No, that's not how it works. A, because like we said, the ver- this is where we were talking about very different variables that you may not be aware of. And one of them is this thing called time, which makes all the difference. And there's a difference between principles, which work always, no matter where you are, no matter what time. And tactics and like loopholes and little, you know, ways that you could game the system that you could find like this little hole in the system. For example, when dropshipping first started booming, I mean, I'm not talking about dropshipping as a business, as a model, but I'm talking about dropshipping as we know it today. Unfortunately, like the products that are being brought from AliExpress and whatnot and resold, nothing wrong with that, you know, technically, I mean, there's a good way to do it. Um, But 99% of the time, it's not going to work, at least in 2020. It's not, or for the past five years, it hasn't worked as much, actually. Um, it, you know, it's these things can work for a very short period of time, but at the end of the day, only the solid principles are going to last. And I know a lot of people who love hearing about all the trends and all the cool things and the hacks and whatnot. You know, that's that's not that's not a business. That's not a business. So it, to go it's back the to the boring stuff that gets results, <laughs> and it's so funny. It's like. It's like really all you need to do to grow a business is do what already worked. But like as an entrepreneur and marketer and like strategist, it's like so easy to get caught up in like, oh, that's so boring. Like I already did it. Like we have so many ideas for new things when it's like, really, you just have to slow down and do all the boring stuff. And also, I want to add one more thing, too, to like the the point of like Facebook ads getting more expensive. I think that's a really big competitive advantage for a lot of brands, too, because like, yes, Facebook ads are getting more expensive. But if you focus on what we're talking about, like building a brand, um, your ads are going to like that's going to be able to differentiate you. Like if everyone in the marketplace knows about you, like Nike, like they're really not worried because like they don't have to do like they don't have to spend a lot of money to build the brand because like a lot of people already know the brand. Granted, yeah. they do invest a lot in the brand to do that. But like if you build a brand, like your your return on ad spend is going to get better as more and more people know about you. And that's like the, a point of um what I'm trying to say, there's like a tipping point there. But to get there, it's like you have to fall in love with the boring stuff. Anyway, back to back to what you were saying. You must, you must build a brand. It's not an option anymore. You have to have a really solid brand, like you said, because your return on ad spend is going to make <clears throat> a lot more sense after that. But, you know, go and also um, I love the point where you talked about how a lot of brands want to add more stuff. And most of the time when you want to improve things, you want to improve it by eliminating or by uh, removing the things that don't work rather than trying to add more stuff. But that's a different topic. Now, as far as like differentiating, well, some people might be listening to this and go, well, you said that you have to make it difficult. And well, what, what do I do if I don't have a ton of money to compete and whatnot? So what do you do if you don't have a ton of money or you don't have, you know, you can't think of how you can make it really, really difficult for somebody else to come in. This is where, like you mentioned, uh, the brand comes into play and building a really solid brand is going to have the highest return. But going forward, and this is my two cents on the future of e-commerce, I think that the only way that an e-commerce brand is going to be a brand and is going to last is if it turns into a mini publishing and media company of its own. Meaning that you have to create content and you have to create entertainment and you have to create education and you have to create, you know, all of the news and all of the things that are typically associated with a publishing and media company. Obviously, you don't have to become it. But you're going to have to incorporate some of that into your business. If you don't have a lot of money to spend on ads, and even if you have a lot of money to spend on ads, that's going to be very important. 
Oh, I love this because like what you want to do is get to the point where your brand is so integrated in people's lives that like they just buy it, which is like, okay, like how do you do that? Well, I think a lot of up and coming brands are in a unique situation compared to like the Nikes and the whoever's who are like really big companies is like as a, as a younger brand, it's like, okay, like how do we feed social, not just with content that's like promotional and like, you know, about a product, but like if you can be everywhere, like that's, that's huge. It's like, it's, it's, it's brand. Like if you are, if you are the Spotify playlist that your customers listen to, that's huge. If you're also (laughs) the videos they watch on YouTube and the accounts they are subscribed to on Instagram and you're not just like just selling all the time and you're like adding value, like people love that. And also I think that's another piece too, is like so many brands are afraid to not sell. Like they think they always have to be selling. Um, but one of the biggest things you can do is like, I mean, you have to think of it like an ATM. Like you have to invest in your customers and add value to their life. And then then you ask for the the withdrawal. It's the same with like people, right? It's like you got to put in before you get it out. And so many brands are just coming in asking for the sale right off the way when it's like, you know, I don't even know you. Yeah, exactly. That, that what you just said right now, that's exactly it. It's the same with people because you're selling to people. Imagine having a relationship with someone where, you know, every time you approach them, you're trying to get them to do something for you. That doesn't work, right? I mean, granted, we know that it's not a, like the typical relationship. This is more of a transactional relationship. We get that. But if you want, you can do both branding and selling. You don't have to choose either or. Like you can brand and sell at the same time. But um, being able to publish really good content and being able to entertain them or educate them or provide some sort of value on a continuous basis where they look forward to hearing from you and then they come to you for reasons other than when they need to buy a product, that does both the branding and the selling. It keeps you top of mind, but also, you know, it helps with um, the branding aspect as well. Yeah, no, it's huge. And it just makes selling, selling so much easier. Like we've even seen, like we send unrelated non-promotional content to our clients' email list. And like some of the highest performing emails is like, hey, check out this random video um, <laughs> that's like on our site. And it's like drives like, you know, a ton of revenue. And it's like, what happened? It's like, well, it's like you just get on the site and it's like, oh, yeah, I wonder what's new or I wonder X, Y, Z or like, I don't know, just it's, you know, it just happens. Like you just it's like law of attraction. Like you add value, you get it back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the the time to work on the sales is not when you need to sell, but like before you're building up to it. So whenever Ooh, you're, I love time- that. Every time you're having contact with them, you want to be building up to the sale. This is something that we do also internally, right? For our clients, like we don't wait until there's a sale to start addressing objections. When their guards are down and where they're not expecting it, when they're like, we're not even asking you to buy anything here. We're just going to educate you on this one thing that might be a problem, that might be an objection. Let's talk about that. Let's clarify this. All right, we're leaving you alone for some time. And then a few days later, they're getting some, you know, awesome video review from a customer or whatever. And they're unsuspecting, but they're getting all of that, you know, stuff like working our way up to where the whenever the sale comes, when the promotion is rolled out, really the, the point of having a sale or discount or promotion or whatever is because when people are buying products, when, when people want to buy something, they're, they're not always buying it when they need it. Like they've done tests and they found that people actually feel like the, the, the region in the brain that's activated when there's physical pain is the same one that's activated when somebody spends money to buy something, believe it or not. I know a lot of people might think that shopping is pleasurable, but it actually activates buying or spending money on items, especially if you're 
spending with cash as opposed to card, that's a different discussion, it activates the same regions in the brain as pain. And when people don't need the product today, they can always put it off. They can always go, well, you know, yeah, that's a cool product and I, I would love to have it, but, you know, why would I do it right now? Why would I go over the bridge and make the, the buying decision immediately? The discount is not going to make them buy. You don't give somebody a 30% or 50% discount and hope that they convert because the discount is so big. The discount is only the cherry on top of a great product, great customer service, great history, like great brand. They have all their objections have been addressed. They have, they have certainty in the product. They feel almost certain that it's right for them and that they want to try it. And then you give them the discount and it helps you tip the scales in that, in that direction. And so, you know, that's, that's why you want to be thinking about something like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. That's why we said you have to do it all year round, not just, um, not just when the holiday season rolls around, if that makes sense. Right. And yeah, well, the majority of revenue, I forget the exact statistic off the top of my head, but like, I think it's like 80% of revenue during like Black Friday, Cyber Monday are from people who already have engaged and know the brand. And you can't build that overnight with a last minute email on Black Friday. And I think that's why it's really good for us to be having this conversation now is because it's not too late yet. Like you can start building that uh, connection and community and start like what we call like priming your email list. We, we did a guest post on Clavio on this like last year. It's still super relevant today. I mean, that's the thing about the stuff we do is it's like so relevant because it's very strategic. Like it's not like, of course, we use our, our, our share of tactics that are working and hot right now, but everything we do is based in a ton of strategy. And I think one of the most important lessons that I learned as a marketer myself, I mean, that's pretty much my background. Like I'm obsessed and I love marketing and that's obviously why I run a marketing firm, but is like marketing is really there's a 90 day lag indicator on marketing so it's like what you do now is actually going to drive the results three months from now and it just goes back and forth like so if you don't market now you're not going to have what you need three months from now it's, it's the same goes for like talking email marketing specifically like what we do at Wavebreak. It's like you, um, you know, and for people who don't know, we're a boutique agency. All we do is email and SMS for e-commerce um, and like really fast growing D2C companies. But the reality is like what we do now is what's going to drive results three months from now. But if you don't do anything now, you're not going to have the results three months from now. And then if you start doing it, then it's too late. So you always got to be thinking three months ahead. And it's so hard to get get this concept. But like once you start to get it and you start to think, OK, I got to do now for three months from now. It's just like it's crazy. I mean, we're experiencing this now in our own business. You know, it's like all of this marketing that we've been doing and all the like, I mean, literally wave break, like we exactly practice what we preach. Um, so like, for example, we say take a stand as a brand. That's exactly what this podcast is. We're telling a lot of people they're wrong, um, that they don't have to be worried about rising ads. Uh, rising ad cost and that, you know, drop you means dead and like all these things like we're taking very specific stances and the same thing goes for our marketing too is like we're not just saying, hey, come work with us. Hey, come work with us. Hey, come work with us. Like we add a ton of value just like we do with this podcast every week over 140 episodes, all this stuff before we pull the lever of like, hey, you should probably work with us. And it's just like this is what we do with our clients. And that's why we're so successful with our clients is because everything's very strategic and it's backed out to these principles. I mean, it just comes back to everything we're saying. And this is like a perfect time to start thinking this way because you need to start prepping now or November, December are going to come and you're going to have, you're not going to finish 2020 strong. Like the best brands have been thinking about this for a very long time. You know, like we work with some of the fastest growing brands in e-commerce. 
Um, and then also like, that's just like <laughs> our network, right? Like it's funny cause me and Aliana know like all the same people and it's like, Oh wait, you interviewed so-and-so on my podcast. Like we're friends from like five years ago. It's like, Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Um, but it's the same with like some of these really fast growing people. It's like, I talked to them a month ago and they're like, okay, cool. Well like, yeah, I'm busy next week. So it's like, okay, cool. What are you doing? They're like, Oh, I'm in meetings all day, every day planning for Q4. And it's like, they're not even just like planning, like they're finalizing and it's crazy, but like, that's, that's the mode you got to be in to, to get to like to go from 10 million to 100 million and like beyond. 100%. And it's so important what you just mentioned about the lag, because not only it's like 90 days just to start seeing results, but like we have to think of also of the compound interest of doing this continuously, because the best brands, the best results we've seen are for brands who have been doing it for some time and it adds up pretty quickly. The results are just, it's insane. And for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, not only do you want to reach out to people who know who you are and are used to getting your emails, but you also want to remember that you're not you're not the only brand who's sending them an awesome discount. Like, sorry, but no big like big deal. Like you and 20,000 other brands are bombarding their mailbox today with a sale. So if that's your strategy, that you're going to send them a big discount and they're going to open up, even though you haven't worked on nurturing the relationship throughout the year or like months before, that's a problem. And that's why it's very important to start right now. And preferably, you know, of course, you want to do it all year round, like we said, but you want to start now, you want to start sending, um, you know, emails, you want to build that, you know, that connection and make sure that they have all their questions answered so that you'll get sales until then. But like, right around the time that Black Friday, Cyber Monday comes around, like you want to stand out, you know, you don't want to be just another brand that's sending them email. Another thing is probably SMS is something that people should be looking into um, because it's like you've seen the results. It's crazy, right? It's really yeah. Weird. It's like it's real sometimes. But like I'm like what? <laughs> I know we'll have to do another episode on that. Like SMS is finally getting to the point where it's like there's actually good software in the space. Like it's it's so funny too because like talk about taking a stance. I mean, four years ago, three, four years ago, even two years ago, I, you know, I get interviewed on podcasts all the time, and people are always like hey, SMS, where's it at? And like two years ago, I was like, oh my goodness, like SMS, nah. <laughs> like, I'm like, nope, it's not, no bueno. And that's because at the time, it's like, there wasn't the good software we have now. And so it like, wasn't a real channel. It was like a tactic, but now it's becoming an actual channel and it's working really well for our clients. I mean, we we, we add like tens of thousands of dollars in revenue <laughs> within like weeks. Some cases it's like six figure revenue bumps weekly, depending on how big the brand is it's it's incredible but you got to do it right like you can also treat it as a tactic and burn it into the ground you don't want to do that you want to balance it and that's exactly why we exist and i think this is a perfect place to end on because i know we could both keep talking about this for hours and i'll let you finish up at the end to see if you have any last thoughts but that's exactly why Waybreak exists is like the reality is we can talk about this strategy and all these things to do all day but like you have so many other things going on in your business as an e-commerce operator marketer strategist like whatever your role is if you're listening to this podcast you made it this far like, I mean, you have a lot on your plate. Uh, you're not just thinking about email marketing like we do all day. Um, that's something that's, you know, crazy about us. Like people are like, wait, you just do email? It's like, yeah, because like there's still so much to think about with like email and SMS. 
that like we're a whole company dedicated to it and it's all we do. But that's just like how much work it is and where we can really come is like we've seen this and done this dozens of times before and we have a really unique perspective. Like we know exactly what's working behind the scenes and like we're even creating the trends before they even happen because like everyone else is like seeing the emails in the inbox and then copying the stuff we're doing. But that's exactly why we exist and the timing is right. So if you want to learn more about how you can work directly with me and Aliana and the rest of our team and, and get something like this set up for your business and have somebody who really like takes ownership of the email channel and like turns into a top revenue driver and not just like focuses on revenue, but also helps you build your brand. Uh, that's exactly why we exist. Uh, and so you can learn more about us at waybreak.com or you can schedule a call directly with me and my team at waybreak.co slash call. Yeah. And we're going to be putting out a lot more content around like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We're going to be bringing a lot more experts on the show too, to be, uh, to be talking about this. You're going to hear a lot more from Aliana on the show as well. Aliana, before we, uh, before we hop off here, any last closing thoughts, words of advice that you want to end on? I would say that the world is really starving for e-commerce entrepreneurs and business people in general who give a shit about a mission about something other than just using their e-commerce store as a vehicle to make a little bit of money and call it a day. But what do you want to introduce to the world? And, you know, not to, I mean, it is cliche. Why do you exist? But that is no longer just a cutesy, uh, you know, philosophical question to ask, but it really is the basis of your existence and, and your lasting uh, in the next few years. Love it. And yeah, I mean, like this stuff is simple, but it's not easy. But like, yeah, I mean, you do it for the money on the day to day and maybe get quote unquote rich. But if you want to build real wealth and you want to build like a life that you really enjoy living, it's like <laughs> you need to step in your full potential. It's not hard to make to make a lot of money from e-commerce. And it's, I don't think I mean, you, you're seeing what we're seeing right with our clients and how fast uh, we're growing with email and everything like it's not it's not complicated. I wouldn't say it's not hard. It's not complicated. The principles are very simple, but executing them is is not that simple. Yeah, for sure. And now you guys know you have the the behind the scenes guide on how to differentiate, how to build a brand that lasts. And what's great is like you can listen to this episode a year from now and it's still going to be completely relevant. And that's why it's so important. It's kind of boring. You know, it's like and it's kind of like and I was going to say it's kind of abstract, but it's not because I think we baked it down and made it pretty actionable on like how to actually build a brand and what it looks like. And if you really just want somebody to execute it for you, it's like just just hire us. We'll run your email and SMS program and we'll do everything we just said for your brand and we'll, we'll crush it for you. And th normally this is at the end where I'm like, hey, where can we go to learn more about you? But you're you, you work with Waybreak. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> work with Waybreak. I go and you'll learn more about me. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. So we'll link up. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Aliana. We'll, we'll link Waybreak, your company, uh, where you come from. <laughs> but no, um, but no, really appreciate you. I know. I know you're super busy right now. You're, you're in Black Friday mode. Uh, prepping already. So really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, come on the show. I, I mean, this has been super fun and uh, people are going to get a ton of value out of it. So thanks so much. Thank you. It's really fun. Thanks a lot. Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me if this sounds familiar. Your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or, or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands.
At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or what what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge and it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Wavebreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible. And we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 